Association. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, May 25th, and I'm Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And uh, as you know, if you're a regular listener on SWAT Radio, Thursday is our guest day. And uh, I'm so excited to have uh, a repeat guest today. He's been on several times, and uh, I've uh, really grown to appreciate his ministry over the years. He, he has a ministry of really speaking to some of the false teaching. He He's a good teacher, a good expositor, and uh, he's a fellow Mississippian, born and reared in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, Justin Peters. Justin, welcome to SWAT Radio. How are you? Hey, Doug. I'm doing really well. It's a joy to be back with you, and uh, thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, it's good to have you. How is your bride, Kathy? How's she doing? <laughs> she is doing well. She sure is. She's out uh, running a couple of errands, and we're expecting to wrangle some grandkids here a little bit later in the day so but we're she's doing fine well good well i am so glad to have you back you know i i think i knew you were from mississippi but i was i forgot where i was or heard something you were speaking on and you referenced mississippi state and then i remembered you were from vicksburg and we were talking about that for our listeners over in meridian that may be familiar with vicksburg i had an uncle over there who ran a sinclair station I think it was the only one there in town, and uh, I was talking to Justin about that. But uh, WMER and uh, WMOX and Meridian, um, two stations that are broadcasting us there, Justin. So uh, I know that they carry a lot of Mississippi State baseball and football, and you're a Mississippi State grad, so I'm sure they'll, they're will they glad to have you on today. <laughs> I am indeed. I am indeed. I keep up with the Bulldogs and – and um, more football than baseball, but I like both. And and uh, but yeah, I'm fond memories of Mississippi State. I live up in Montana now because Kathy's from Montana, so I married a Montana girl, and so I'm in uh, I'm in culinary exile up here in Montana. I don't I don't have my my fried catfish and fried okra and all that good stuff anymore. So. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's hard to find that out there, huh? <laughs> so. It is, but I will say, Kathy, um, Kathy will fry me some catfish from time to time. You can't really find it in restaurants up here. If you do, it's not any good. So, you but, mean they uh, don't have fish camps it. out there? <laughs> uh, no, no, they don't. No, up, up up here, you can get fish up here, just not just not catfish. And like I say, if you find it, you don't really want it. So, <laughs> well, well, I'm so glad you are here today, and um, you know. It was funny. Uh, I was, I was just down at the uh, National Religious Broadcasters in Orlando, and there was a host of people that were down there that you and I would just really cringe because they, they, they yeah. preach a prosperity gospel. And uh, in fact, I was speaking up in Pittsburgh this past weekend, and I got into a long conversation with a couple of guys about uh, some different people. And I was asked this question in, in one of the groups I was in, 
what do you think about Andrew Womack, right? And somebody asked that question, and so I just started talking. Well, immediately, well, he he's inspiring, or he's you know he's really got some good teaching and stuff. And you know, a lot of these people, whether it's Andrew Womack or Joyce Meyer or Joel Osteen or Bill Johnson, uh, any of them, they they have a lot of words that people that love Jesus will know, but they have very different definitions, don't they, Justin, for what those words mean? They do indeed, Doug. They do indeed. And, and this is one of the dangers of false teachers. And it makes them, this is what makes them um, so difficult sometimes to, to identify is because not everything that false teachers teach is false. Some of it is right. But we know from Scripture, how does how do false teachers disguise themselves? Well, they're wolves in what? In sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. And Satan does not show up red and scaly with a bifurcated tail carrying a hay fork. <laughs> He's smarter than that. He disguises himself as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. And so they, they will have some truth in what they say. For example, Benny Hinn. If Benny Hinn is not a false teacher, then the term literally has no meaning. He meets every biblical criterion as to how to discern a false teacher. Hmm. And yet, there are some things that Benny Hinn says that are absolutely right. Hmm. But it is that mixture of truth and error. It's It's that poison that is mixed in with it that corrupts the entire thing. And the Bible says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And, um, so it's yeah, it's a it's a very dangerous thing, and, and people. This is why we need to know scripture well. We need to know doctrine and theology, uh, and we need to have discernment um, to to sift out truth from error, right from wrong. Well, a lot of people tune in to Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes. They they have pretty broad, widespread uh, ministry platforms, and mm-hmm. and you know that they. they it's this is not just uh getting off you know this is not just them getting off a little bit i mean it is it is it is heresy it's heretical to teach it some of the things they That's right. they teach and um and so i i want to get into some of that in a minute but before we do i wanted to ask you how how did this become your kind of field of ministry how did you get here uh from where you were i mean what what's your faith background and how did you get into the ministry of doing these kind of conferences and seminars and dealing with this stuff out there sure so i was raised in a a reared i should say in a southern baptist church uh first baptist church vicksburg mississippi and uh so we were not charismatic at least not theoretically um uh, but there was a man in our church named um, Charlie, and, and Charlie was Word of Faith. Of course, back then, I didn't know what Word of Faith was, but um, I was born with a, a handicap, Doug. I have cerebral palsy, as you know, and, mm-hmm. and um, when I was a teenager, this neighbor of ours, Charlie, uh, came up to me, and he said, Justin, God has spoken to me, and he's told me that he's going to heal you as long as you have enough faith, and at age 16, this really resonated with me. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to do the things that my friends were doing, you know, run, play football, and drive a car, which at the at the time I didn't think I'd ever be able to do. I, I can now, by God's grace, but at the time I didn't think I could. So um, 
and he told me about a faith healer named Nora Lamb, L-A-M, Chinese woman, who was coming to Vicksburg. Uh, she was kind of a she was kind of a, she was a big name in the faith healing movement back in the seventies and eighties. And uh, she had a crusade in Vicksburg, and uh, he told me that I was going to be healed as long as I had enough faith. And so he, in the weeks leading up to her arrival, he was showing me a lot of scripture that that he was taking out of context. But at the time, I didn't realize that he was, that's what he was doing. But he would show me verses like Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, by his stripes we are healed. And Third John 2, Beloved, I pray that in all things you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. And so, um, you know, I, and I didn't know anything about hermeneutics, how to rightly interpret scripture, and never even heard the word hermeneutics. And, and so uh, he had me convinced that, oh, wow, yeah, it's always God's will to be healed. And and so I thought I had enough faith. I thought I'd mustered it up. And uh, I went to see Nora Lamb. Hmm. And uh, obviously that I was not healed. Uh, I went to see some other faith healers as well, uh, R.W. Schembach and the, some others, kind of no name, but um, but I was not healed. And, and so that was my first exposure to what I now know to be the Word of Faith movement, the health and wealth, prosperity gospel. Hmm. And um, that's kind of what set me on the, on the track. It, so that was in my teenage years, but it wasn't until years later as a seminary student that I began to study the word faith movement at a more academic level. And uh, I actually wrote my master's thesis on Benny Hinn. I went to, well, since then I've been to about 18 Benny Hinn crusades. Uh, I've been to Kenneth Copeland meetings. I've been to Joyce Meyer conferences. I've been to Joel Osteen's church a couple of times. Jesse Duplantis, Creflo Dollar, on and on and on. Mm. And uh, because I want to get in the trenches and, and talk to people and and uh, share the truth with them, but that was kind of that was not that's the bird's eye view of it. And and what I didn't know initially, Doug, but I, of course I know now, is that when we're talking about the Word of Faith movement, also the New Apostolic Reformation, that's a a twin movement to the Word Faith movement. They're basically the same thing, but um, we're not dealing here with minor theological differences. And I am not one at all to say that unless you uh, have every little jot and tittle of every theological nuance completely squared away, if you're wrong on anything, that, that means you're not a Christian. That's that's just not true. There's a number of secondary or tertiary issues that we can have friendly differences of opinion with, friendly discussions about. You know, who wrote the book of Hebrews? Are you Amillennial, premillennial, postmillennial—you know those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, all all heresy is error, but not all error is heresy. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're dealing with the word faith movement, we're we're way beyond secondary or tertiary issues. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with in the word of faith movement. We're dealing with heresy concerning the nature of God, who He is the nature of Christ, his person, his work, his atonement, and the gospel itself. And so uh, that's why I call out all of these individuals, Hmm. Joyce Meyer, Joel Osteen, Andrew Womack, uh, as false teachers and false prophets, because that's what we're dealing with. Well, but how do you you deal with the people, Justin, that says, but you know what? They're inspiring me. I'm, I'm a better Christian because I listen to them. 
You know, I'm a better follower because I, I, they, they're just, they're so uplifting all the things they say. <laughs> I'm just, I'm being the devil's yeah. advocate here, Justin. So I want you to respond because I know you deal with these questions all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I would say that that in and of itself is an indication that something's wrong with the teacher that you're listening to. So if you're listening to a preacher and that preacher, man and woman, that's a whole other discussion. Of, you yeah. should only be listening to men, preach, male preachers, but putting that aside for the moment. If whatever preacher you're listening to always makes you feel good about yourself, then you need a new preacher because <laughs> if you always come away sermon feeling better about yourself and being uplifted, then uh, you're not being fed biblical doctrine. You're being fed cotton candy theology. Mm. You're getting the theological equivalent of a sugar pill uh, because scripture, um, biblical doctrine, it points to a very wide chasm between the holiness of God and our sinfulness as fallen men. And women. And so uh, true preaching, it should challenge you. It should convict you. Uh, it should progress, help us to progress in our sanctification. And part of that deals with mortifying sin, taking every thought captive, putting to death the deeds of the body, mm-hmm. uh, dying to ourselves, not indulge. See, the prosperity gospel talks about self-indulgence, self-fulfillment. Mm-hmm. The true gospel deals with self-denial, taking up the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's just a stark difference. And, uh, uh, for example, Joel Osteen, you know, he's kind of known as the smiling preacher. He's, he's always upbeat, smiles all the time, and people love him for that. But by his own admission, Joel Osteen does not preach on sin. Mm. He'll tell you that. I don't preach on sin. Well, how do you preach the gospel if you don't preach about sin? And so, yeah, it may make you feel good, but it's 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 anti-biblical. It's anti-Christian theology. Um, so it's it might make you feel good, but you're 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 being fed theological poison that will lead to your eternal ruin mm. at the end if you don't abandon it. Yeah. I, well, you know, I know I know that. Probably one of the greatest perversions of the gospel in our culture is the prosperity gospel. Uh, It's certainly up there in the top three. And, you know, Joyce Meyer teaches that it's God's will to bless every believer with prosperity. And I know Mm -hmm. that you've had to contend with that. That is a very positive draw for people, right? I mean, that. Everybody wants to be told that everything's okay. <laughs> I mean, and you know, he's going to give you right. everything you want. Doesn't that just kind of make him a genie? And our own, I, I, I mean, he's if, if if that's what she's really teaching. I mean, that 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 is such a perversion. Like that didn't apply to the twelve apostles, right? I mean, they they didn't experience any of that on it, earth. Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly right. And see, that's one. As I read the New Testament and I read about how the disciples, the apostles, suffered, persecuted, were beaten, were stoned, were thrown into prison, and many of them uh, ultimately executed for their faith in Christ, I find myself wondering 
what is it in the New Testament that people are reading that make them think they are entitled to have their life now, that they, becoming a Christian will make their life better? I mean, it will certainly make your life more meaningful, but it's not going to make it easier. It's going to make it exponentially harder. Um, and the, the prosperity gospel promises people, well, if you'll become a Christian, God will make you rich. God will heal your body. You'll never be sick again. And, and those are appeals to fallen human flesh. That's what fallen human uh, humans desire, to be healthy and to be healed. You know, those are fallen desires. And so, and ironically, Doug, too, the prosperity gospel promises people the very things that Satan promised you mm. in the temptation. You know, worship me and all of, all of these things, all the kingdoms of the world, I'll give to you. Mm. So it's a, it is a twisted theology, gospel on its head. Um, and the thing that makes the true gospel so powerful is that the true gospel offers people the very things that they do not want. Mm-hmm. The true gospel offers people persecution. Mm-hmm. All Second Timothy 3, uh, 12 and 13, all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. It promises you persecution. It promises you that you've got to um, uh, uh, deny yourself. It promises you you've got to put to death the deeds of the body to repent. Uh, that's not what sinful people want. Mm. But that is the testimony to its power because only only God's sheep, only God's people will respond to a message like that. Lost people, goats, they don't want to hear that message. Mm-hmm. Only the Only the people of God will respond to a message like that. Well, and one of the dangers is that she actually teaches that you need special revelation from God to even understand what she teaches because it's not in the Bible. (laughs) She's actually said that. I don't know if you heard her say that, but she's actually said those words that, you know, some of you are not going to understand this uh, because it's not in the Bible. I mean, I mean, that that ought to cause flags to go off in anybody, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent, Doug, and and that is another thing is that all of these teachers will appeal not scripture for their authority, but they'll appeal to their dreams. Their uh, people who are listening to this, if if you're listening to Joyce Meyer or you know Andrew Womack or, or Benny Hinn or one of these others, stop and think about how often you hear them say, "The Lord told me." such and such. Mm -hmm. The Lord spoke to me. I heard God say this. I heard God say that. So they're not appealing to Scripture. They're appealing to what they want you to believe that God is telling them in dreams, in visions, personal revelations outside of Scripture. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's the mark of a false teacher. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Joyce Meyer is very, very popular with a lot of people and you know one I, I i read an article by one guy who who was pointing out that she is a false teacher and he said he, he gave this analogy and maybe he could expand on a little bit but he said you know when i was growing up there were kids in my neighborhood that wanted to be my friends um because they really wanted to be my friends 
And then there were kids who wanted to be my friends so they could play with my toys. <laughs> she said, I kind of feel like <laughs> yeah. that, that Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer, Creflo Dollar, uh, Andrew Womack, those people are the kind that want to play with my toys because they take Christianity and what the Bible teaches and they use it as a way to, to basically bolster themselves both in power, influence, and money. Uh, would you comment to that for a second? Because it applies to all three of them, you know, just to name those three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm asked what motivates false teachers. Is it money? Uh, and I'll say, yes, it is money. It's not only money, but I would say money is the primary motivating factor because all these people that we're talking about are are opulently wealthy. I mean, fabulously wealthy. And less people think, oh, Justin's just jealous because he's not as rich as they are. No, 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 no. Mm. Uh, I'm not against people having wealth. If you've gained your wealth from working hard and making wise decisions and you know all that kind of stuff. But if your wealth is gained off of preying upon poor people, sick people, desperate people, widows, because Doug, all these individuals, they'll tell people, sow a seed, reap a harvest. In other words, give me money, God will bless you. Mm. And they say, if you're sick, well, sow a seed. Mm. If you need a miracle, the bigger miracle you need, the bigger seed you need to sow. Uh, and Joyce Meyer is blatant about this. So, um, yeah, they pour, they prey upon poor people, sick people, desperate people. And that is, um, that is an abomination. And what's even worse than that is that they bring untold reproach upon the name of Christ. Uh, they preach a different Jesus and a different gospel. They put words in God's mouth that he emphatically did not say. That's blasphemy. Um, and they're, they're promising people a, a false gospel. The, the true gospel, Doug, simply does not promise people, if you become a Christian, you'll be wealthy. If you become a Christian, you'll never be sick again. Mm -hmm. That's not the gospel. It never makes those promises. So you've, And I tell people that um, there are no adjectives when it comes to the gospel. There is no social gospel. There is no prosperity gospel. If you have to add an adjective to the gospel, then you've got a different gospel. Oh, well, it's just the gospel. Well, I know you do the seminar, Clouds Without Water, and I think you have a book, Clouds Without Water, as well, right? I do. Uh, right now, it's only been translated into some different languages it's not available in english at least not yet it, it soon will be but isn't quite yet okay well when it is you need to let us know well do you in that seminar do you go tell me what the seminar is about like if somebody's listening out there and they want to bring you to their church or they'd like to to have you come and speak about this uh you know dealing with false teachers and stuff how, how would you, how would, yeah, I know they go to the website, justinpeters.org, but what would that seminar bring to a local church or to a local group of churches that might want you to come in? Sure, Doug. So yes, the title of my seminar is Clouds of That Water. And I've, I've taken, I've got dozens and dozens of video clips of all these individuals we've been naming, Joseph Prince and others. 
And uh, I let people see and hear for themselves what they're actually teaching. So it's not just me up there saying, well, Benny Hinn said so-and-so. I play the video clip. I let you see it right out of the horse's own mouth. And then point by point, I correct the error with Scripture. Mm-hmm. So every point of error, point of heresy, I correct with Scripture, and we look at that. And it's a, it's a comprehensive seminar. It's um, uh, five sessions, and so it's... Uh, Usually when I come into a church, it's a, a two- or three-day thing that we do. And, um, and one point of it is I trust not only will people come away learning the heresies and the dangers of this movement, but they'll also come away learning the corresponding biblical truths and how to more accurately interpret Scripture and so that we can know God better. And so... That's really the the purpose of the seminar. And, and Clouds Without Water, the title itself, is a reference in the book of Jude, verse 12. That's one of the ways that Jude refers to false teachers is as Clouds Without Water. So that's the, that's the origin of the title there. Well, and I told you we weren't going to play clips, but let's just take one thing before we go to break here on the half hour uh, for news. Joyce Meyer particularly teaches that she is no longer a sinner. All right. She mm-hmm. teaches that. Speak to that for right. a second, because that is a growing mentality among a lot of people out there. I've heard it more than a couple of times where people, because of this teaching now, believe that they don't sin anymore. <laughs> this side of heaven. Speak yeah. to that for a second. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, for one, First John 1, 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So uh, there's that. <laughs> uh, we are, as Christians, Doug, we are, we are still sinners. Uh, uh, Joyce Meyer says she's not. Todd White says he's not. This is a common teaching in the Word Faith Movement. But we are still sinners. Now, mm. we have been forgiven of our sin, judicially speaking. Anyone who is in Christ. The wrath of God is not something that we have to fear. God's wrath has been satisfied in the atoning work of Christ on the cross. So as a Christian, I do not fear God's wrath because that's been taken care of. Hmm. But uh, as a Christian, I still do sin. And uh, as Christians, we are still subject to the discipline of God to progress us in our sanctification. But uh, anyone who would say, that he or she is not a sinner, Doug, has a very low, low view of God and has a very inflated view of themselves. Um, it's been said that true spiritual growth is a growth downward. Mm-hmm. It is only when we have a lower view of ourselves that we will have a higher view of God. There's, a, there's an inverse relationship between how we view God and how we view ourselves. The more highly we think of ourselves, the more lowly we will think of God. And and one of the paradoxes of the Christian life is the more we grow, the more we progress in our sanctification, the more sensitive we are to our sin. Mm. And so when Joyce Meyer says that she's no longer a sinner, uh, I can tell you right now, that's someone who does not know the God of the Bible. Well, yeah, and she said, well, she made the statement that she she doesn't believe God's going to let her stand around and believe a lie. Um, 
you know, she she said God is her source. He loves her, and you know, she's after God with her whole heart. And basically, he he'll protect her for, from from ever believing anything wrong. And and there's a danger in that. That's almost less like the person that says I'm only accountable to God. <laughs> you know, Justin. Uh, but uh, hey, we got to go to our first, uh, our, or really our only news break today. We're going to do uh, news on the half hour. But when we come back, uh, Justin, I would like you to speak to this whole idea of of God's revelation. You know, uh, there's a book called Jesus Calling that's out there that's very popular with a lot of people, and it may create some angst on some people's parts to hear this. But I'd really like you to speak to this whole idea of God speaking, um, you know, when you come back. The NASDAQ up 205. This is SRN News. Here's a Renewing Your Mind Minute with Dr. R.C. Sproul. You look at the giants of the Christian faith. Read their writings. See how versed they were in the great literature of the world. But doesn't the Bible say, beware of vain philosophy? It does say that. But how in the world can you beware of something unless you're first aware of it? I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from evil. That's a fine line to walk. The world is a threatening place for someone to make a spiritual pilgrimage, but it is the only place we can have a spiritual pilgrimage. And it happens to be the arena of redemption. For today's special offer, visit RenewingYourMind.org. There's major delays because of a crash on the East Beltway 295 northbound at Pulaski Road blocking the right lane. Also, there's a multi-vehicle accident on I-95 southbound between Airport Road and the 295 Beltway blocking the right lane there as well. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 68. Friday, cloudy and windy, high 76. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Guest Thursday, and I'm so glad you're listening today. And, uh, hey, I said Whitney at the Dailies. I'll give a shout-out for just uh, her dad's in Christian Radio, and she said she'd be listening today. So I want to give a shout-out to Whitney out there. Thank you for praying and for listening. And, uh, hey, if you're listening to SWAT Radio for the first time, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. It spawned out of the SWAT Bible studies, and our desire is to make sure that we are uh, working through God's Word uh, from a uh, you know expositional standpoint of what the original writers meant when they wrote it to the original hearers, and we take that and we, we draw principles out of that. We share the true gospel, not a false gospel, and uh, we're discipling, evangelizing, 
and uh, we are under God's word as our authority. And uh, Justin Peters is one of those warriors in our our world today that is out there, and he's he's contending for the faith, like Jude says. And um, and and I'm so thankful for Justin. And if you want to know more about Justin, if you want to support Justin. And what he does, you can go to justinpeters.org. That's J-U-S-T-I-N, peters.org. And um, you can find out what resources he has. You can book him to come uh, speak and do a Clouds Without Water seminar. He does a couple other seminars, uh, too. He does the Ruinous Rise of, uh, Ruse of Rome. He does one on Do Not Hinder Them, talking about childhood conversions, and one on hermeneutics. Uh, just the understanding the interpretation of the Bible. And um, so basically getting God's word right, uh, which is really important on the the principles on historical, grammatical approach to Bible uh, interpretation. And so uh, justinpeters.org, again, if you want to get more information. And Justin, in the last few years, you know, Americans were very faddish, right, as we look at the, the Christian walk, or at least certainly in the, the bookstores, there's, there's trends and, you know, there's always, there, there was the experiencing God trend with that book. There were, uh, you know, the Beth Moore series trends. Then there was the Jesus calling and that, that has been going on for a while now. And the thing that was disturbing about that trend and Lifeway actually edited out the original Ford to that book. Because in the original Jesus Calling book that came out in the Ford, the writer said she needed something more than the Bible in her relationship with yes. God. Do you remember that? Did you, we, we got one of the original copies. And so on the original copies, it yep. said that, but they edited it out because they knew it would create a backlash. Could you speak a little bit about that? I don't know if you talk about that in your seminars at all, but that has been sweeping the country. And a lot of people, men and women, love that book and think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I have some issues with it because she speaks as if she's Jesus speaking to you in first person a lot of that. Speak to that a little bit, Justin, about your thoughts on the Jesus calling and just uh, what you've discerned and, and uh, that from God's word. Sure, Doug. So I've got a whole section in one of my seminar presentations on Jesus calling and Sarah Young. And uh, indeed I, I have the note I mean, right here. This I'm hearing. Yeah. Wait. Music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hearing that too. Hold on. I don't know my uh my my sound guy left. Are you hearing the music going on in the background? I am. Yeah. Um my 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 producer stepped out. Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't know um uh, I don't know where he went. Okay. But but go ahead. Go ahead and hopefully we'll I think it stopped. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um all right, so yeah, I've got a whole section. I've got my notes in front of me. So in the in the introduction to her book, um, Sarah Young says this, quote, I knew that God communicated with me through the Bible, but I yearned for more. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not that Sarah Young is denying that the Bible is the Word of God. She's just saying it's not enough for her. Mm -hmm. And that is sadly the state of most professing Christians today. Mm -hmm. They won't outright deny the Bible, but they'll say, well, it's just not enough, and I need something more. Well, here's my question. Have you mastered all of Scripture from start to finish? from cover to cover, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, have you squeezed every drop of truth there is to be squeezed from those pages? Mm. If the answer to that question is no, and it is, because none of us has done that, Mm. then please don't tell me the Bible's not enough. You don't even understand what you have in black and white right in front of you. Uh, We could all spend a thousand lifetimes studying Scripture and barely scratch the surface of what is in God's Word. Hmm. So don't tell me the Bible's not enough. And then she said this, and then again, direct quote, I decided to listen to God with pen in hand, writing down whatever I believed he was saying. Hmm. Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) So this is no ordinary devotional book, Doug. This is, as you said, all of the devotions, all 365 of them, are written in the first person for Jesus. I, Jesus, will do such and such. I am this, I am that. If that's what is really happening, if Sarah Young, and by the way, the introduction was only changed in the second edition of the book, so there were, I don't know how many millions of copies that came out in the original edition with all of that in there. Mm -hmm. It was only in the second edition, the second printing, that they changed it. But um, if that is really happening, if Jesus is really talking to Sarah Young and she's writing down with pen in hand what he is saying to her, then she's writing Scripture. That's what she's doing. She's writing Scripture because whatever Jesus says to her should have as much authority as any verse in the Bible. Why? Why can we say that? Because it's Jesus, supposedly, the one who is saying it. He is God. Mm. And so so now, logically, you can't escape it. We've got an open canon of Scripture. So the pages of Jesus' calling should have just as much authority as the book of Romans or the Gospel of Luke or you know anything in, Bible, in the Bible. Jesus' calling should carry the same weight, the same authority, because of the source, mm-hmm. God himself. And so it is, a, it is a tragic testimony, Doug, as to, as to the profound lack of discernment amongst so many professing believers. And as you said, it's not just women that read this. It's men, too. Um, and this is the hottest-selling devotional book on the market anywhere. It is light years ahead of anything else. I mean, Nothing else is even a close second. Now, and it's been that way for for over a decade now. I think Jesus Calling has probably been out now for about 13 or 14 years. Well, yeah. And, and it's still the hottest. Well, well the thing that's yeah, so right. troubling, Justin, is that that you and I would both agree that uh, we all have this deep felt need, right, for the presence of Jesus in our life. But her solution, at least what a lot of people's solution because of her uh, Jesus calling is, 
is it's not scripture, but it's her book. The people that are I, I, people are more talking about her book than the scriptures and God's word. And that's troubling. Mm-hmm. That's very troubling. Um, you know, and, and, and so what she's giving people in addition to, to, to speaking for God is, well, I don't, I don't even know if it's even, she, she, it's very almost occultic, isn't it? What she's doing. Oh, it is. It is. It's automatic writing is what it is. So she claims again, that Jesus is speaking to her outside of scripture and she's writing down what he's saying. That's his, that's an occultic practice known as automatic writing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's it's troubling. So, and, and when you read the Jesus of, the, of Jesus calling, it doesn't sound much like the Jesus of the book of Revelation. It doesn't sound much like Jesus with eyes of flaming fire and feet of burnished bronze with hair white as wool who will come riding on a horse with king of kings, lord of lords. You know, it, it, it's not that Jesus. It's it's this meek, timid, um, and honestly, feminized Jesus. <laughs> it, the Jesus of Jesus sounds suspiciously like a, a middle-aged woman, not not the king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's this soft, fuzzy, tastes great, less filling, kind of, you know, non-offensive Jesus, hippie Jesus, you know, feminized Jesus. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. And, and it, it's a it's a, an extraordinarily serious thing, Doug, mm. when anyone puts words in God's mouth that he did not say. Mm. If you were to do that in the Old Testament days, you'd be stoned to death. Uh, yeah, but, but you know— Justin, here's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just, have you encountered people that get really upset when you point these things out to them? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, uh, I was doing my seminar at a church once in Idaho and, um, I, I put these very quotes up on the screen and I was talking about Jesus calling and a lady stood up in the middle of my teaching and she said, I have Jesus calling. She doesn't say that. And I said, uh, yes, ma'am, she does. No, she doesn't. I said, ma'am, this is a direct copy and paste right out of her own book. I and mean, they had it on the screen. And she just refused to believe that Sarah Young actually said the things that she has said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, it, yeah, people get really upset. And, uh, and, and, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, so how how do you how do you deal with that? Like for people that are listening out there, that may have either friends or relatives that are really into Joel Osteen or, or Joyce Meyer or uh, Sarah Young, the Jesus Calling, all those. How, how do we instructively help them or constructively help them? Because they are people get really angry when you point these things out. Do you got any recommendations for how we can? contend for the faith in a way that doesn't necessarily build a wall or is it just it is what it is you know the the wall's going to be there because the wall the people are building the wall i don't know i i'm just trying to ask because it seems more and more people are getting really upset when you start trying to talk about truth and it would seem to me that the 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 goal for any of us as believers should be we want to know what God's word says above every other writing 
including yours, Justin, or mine, anything we put out, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, I, I say this. Um, Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, verse 15, he says, we're to be speaking the truth in love. And speaking the truth in love doesn't mean we apologize for the truth. It doesn't mean we're embarrassed by the truth. It doesn't mean we approach it and say, like, well, I really wish it didn't say this, but, you know, I can't help it. This is what the Bible says. No, we speak the truth. We speak it fully. We speak it confidently. It's just we don't, we're not a jerk about it. You know, you don't, you, you, there is a way to speak the truth, and it's speaking it in love. It's just you don't be a jerk. But the most loving thing we can do for people, Doug, is to mm-hmm. tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. That is the most loving thing we can do. Uh, the most hateful thing you could do for someone is to know the truth, but don't tell them. Mm-hmm. If you really want to hate somebody, then do that. Know the truth, but don't tell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not us how that truth is received, but it is up to us to communicate it. And let me say this too, Doug. When you speak the truth to a friend or a family member, um, might it cost you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Might it come to the it very, it very well may, but at least you'll have the blessing of having a clear conscience. Mm-hmm. At least you'll have the blessing of, of knowing that you have done what God has called you to do, commanded you to do in his word, and you do the right thing and you trust God for the mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, um, uh, on grace to you, which you know, you 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 and I both uh, have a lot of respect for um, Dr. John and uh, uh, that that ministry. You know, they basically um, they they believe that you know that that Jesus calling is putting out a false Jesus, um, and yes. and they just come right out and say it. Um, and how so many people, the, the thing that's frustrating to me, Justin, is you go to the national religious broadcasters or you go to, you see all these bookstores that carry John MacArthur and, you know, his commentary series. And then right next to it, you have Joel Osteen's Your Best Life Now or Jesus Calling or stuff. And it's got to be confusing yeah. for people. You know, why would quote christian bookstores carry this well you and i know they're motivated by money right to get this content out there because it doesn't seem to be any discernment in what they put out Uh, and i can't say that i it's just isn't it confusing for people out there in the world who who just maybe are ignorant about a lot of these oh it is it's a shame i tell people that one of the most dangerous Places go is a Christian bookstore. Mm-hmm. You'd be you'd be safer on a well to bar the name of your radio. You'd be safer on a SWAT than to walk to a Christian bookstore nowadays because there's so much error and it is confusing. Because you could look, you could see a John MacArthur Study Bible, and right next to it, as you said, you might find Joel Osteen, Your Best Life Now. I actually had a woman tell me, I never get it. It's a Parkway Christian bookstore. She actually told me in a conversation that uh, he said, my two favorite preachers are John MacArthur and Joel. No way. And I was like, (laughs) 
That's yep. cr- that is crazy. Yep. I'll, never, I'll never forget it. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I mean, they, they, you couldn't possibly have two more, more different diametrically opposed preachers. No. And so it, it was just a, an, an example of how shockingly little discernment most professing priest, Christians have. Hmm. Well, so, well, um, well, we should yeah. be careful about what we read and and who we call a preacher. Like, I, I don't even consider Joel Osteen a preacher. You know, he, he's, 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 who's, he's, who's the, the, who's the uh, self-help guy? Tony Robbins. <laughs> he's, he's more like a Tony yeah, Robbins th- than he is uh, a preacher. Uh-huh. And, you know, if he called himself like a Tony Robbins type, I wouldn't have any problem. But when you tell people that you are a peace preacher or a pastor, and he's represented as America's pastor in a lot of places, he's on news programs and stuff. And that's, what's really dangerous about that because there are believers that are there out at that church and, or, or, you know, they gather there and it's just a a dangerous place um, because the word of God has to be the authority over the things you say. And so, uh, Justin, we, we've got about six or seven minutes and you, you know, you mentioned about your cerebral palsy and I wanted you to speak to a little bit about healing there. There've been lots of healing ministries over the years and Benny Hinn being probably one of the more prominent ones that was out there that a lot of these you've exposed as fake. They like, they have shills that come up and do things and stuff. Could you speak a little bit to the nature of healing and and as far as like having quote the gift of healing what you've discovered in all your research and going around the country and stuff uh is is that a valid thing today where people can lay their hands on somebody and heal yeah well in short no it's not uh i believe that god does still physically heal people today only sovereign to do so uh the fact of the matter is it's not always will for a person to be healed and but i i reject that anyone today possesses the gift of healing no one has the gift of healing doug uh when god heals someone he just does it but that's not the same thing as someone actually possesses the gift of healing as did the apostles and interestingly, Doug, when the apostles healed people, mm-hmm. when you see, for example, Acts chapter 3, the man who was born lame from his mother's womb, and they're at the, the, the beautiful gate, mm-hmm. and Peter uh, Peter and John healed him. They, they healed this man, and he was instantly healed. There was no gradual healing. There was no, uh, you know, I think I feel a little bit better today. No, that guy who had been crippled from his, from out of the womb jumped up and could run like a deer. Uh, that's a true miracle. That's a true sign and wonder. That authenticated uh, the apostles and the authority they had in their preaching. Mm. You don't see miracles like that happening today ever. Mm. ever. Um, no one has the ability to perform signs and wonders like the apostles did. Mm. Um, and and even it was so it was so it was so compelling, Doug, that even the enemies of the gospel had to admit 
that a great sign and wonder had taken place. In fact, they said, we cannot deny this. In Acts chapter 4, I don't have it in front of me, don't remember the verse number, but Acts chapter 4, the, the Pharisees said, we cannot, what are we going to do about this? We cannot deny that a true sign has taken place. Mm. Even the enemies of the gospel couldn't deny it. Mm. So what do we see today with today's modern faith healers? Well, mm. you see guys like Todd White going around lengthening people's legs by about a quarter of an inch. Mm. That's that's a parlor trick, uh, and that's been exposed as a trick for what it is. Mm. So you see, today you have smoke and mirrors. You have psychosomatic healings, people who think they feel better just with a little bit of adrenaline going, and uh, uh, but it's temporary. You don't see genuine miracles like what you see in the New Testament book of Acts. Mm. So... Um, I do believe God heals people, but only when it's his sovereign will to do so. But uh, I reject that anybody today possesses the gift of healing like the apostles did. And it's just not happening. Well, for one thing, because there are no more apostles today. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the biggest reason, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's, that's the biggest reason. That's right. There are no more apostles. And so that's a, a cascade uh, argument for the cessation of not all of the spiritual gifts, but only of the, the sign gifts. Well, oh, wow. hey, well, we listen, we, we've got about two minutes, and somebody sent in a question. What about Andrew Womack? Uh, can, you, do you, can you give an a, a elevator summary of why he's a guy that you should be careful of? Yes, Andrew Womack is a false teacher. I call him, I sometimes refer to him as the John Boy Walton of the false teachers because he's normal looking, you know not as flamboyant as a Benny Hinn or a Kenneth Copeland or a Jesse Duplantis. He's got this kind of all shucks down home the attitude, but he's every bit as much of a false teacher as is Kenneth Copeland. Mm. In fact, he and Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis are good friends. Mm. He's a word of faith, theological heretic, and he's a false prophet. And been to Harris Bible College there in, um, well, Woodland Park, Colorado, near Colorado Springs. I, I went in there and uh, ended up getting kicked out of it because they, <laughs> I was talking to some of the students and who were actually listening to me, by the way. Wow! But um, yeah, he is a he's a false teacher. Well, uh, well, listen, you know, um, you, you know, you have uh, been a stalwart warrior in advancing truth um, all over the world. And uh, your your ministry is one that we pray for, and we're just so grateful for what you do, Justin. And I know a lot of times when you do what you do, you you catch a lot of heat for it, and uh, you you have to go through a lot of spiritual things, battles too, uh, just because you're on the front lines contending for the faith. And I just want to ask our listeners to pray for Justin and his wife, uh, uh, Kathy. And uh, just pray for their family and uh, pray for his ministry. If you want to support Justin, you can go to justinpeters.org, J-U-S-T-I-N-P-E-T-E-R-S.org. If you want to book him uh, to do one of his conferences, which they're really, really amazing, uh, you could go there as well and just go down to book Justin under speaking. And uh, I'm sure he would love to bless you and uh, any a group of churches uh, with with what he teaches there, he could do one of those 
seminars on clouds without water. And uh, Justin, uh, I just thank you for always being willing and uh, able to contribute and let our listeners hear from you because we, we just, I think we need to just encourage each other in this because it's not easy taking a stand for truth, brother, <laughs> you know? Well, it, it's not. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it's, it's a joy to do it because we, as Christians, we have an audience of one. We have one person that we must please. And so um, I appreciate this opportunity. I enjoyed our time together. Well, thank you. Hey, if you want to listen to this broadcast and share it, you can go to www.swatradio.com. It'll be posted about uh, in the next few hours. And uh, you can uh, tune in tomorrow and Monday. We will be doing replays for Memorial Day. Again, uh, a big thanks to Justin Peters. Go to 